0: Welcome to the school of the Holy Spirit. We shine the light of Jesus over you. We sprinkle his blood on you and wash you with the water of his word. Lord, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Holy Spirit, send forth your flames of fire, ministering spirits, your angels, to minister to all the listeners. May the eyes of your understanding be enlightened so that you may know the limitless love of the Father in Christ Jesus for you. thank God for his word and we thank God that his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path and we are excited about what the Lord is doing among his people in his body and in his bride and we are delighted that we are his body we are his bride and we are his sons and we honor the Lord for the word of the Lord It is the word of the Lord, which I love and which I honor the word because it has transformed and it has moved me to one level to the next. I'm reminded of the scripture where it says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God and the wonderful thing about that is there is a progressive revelation in the word of God that we cannot exhaust it and we can continually to receive bread fresh bread from his holy word so we are going to go to a very familiar passage of scripture in which we have already been sharing over and over again but as I was soaking and praying and just talking to the Lord and him talking back to me and things that he was sharing with me that, again, is fresh for my eyes and for your ears. Amen. So we're honored of the Lord for that. So we're going to go to 2 Kings, the fourth chapter. And we have been sharing in this particular passage of scripture for now a couple of days, but as I was preparing to hear from the Father so that we could eat together, you know, what I love about eating, you know, with my family, you know, other than picking some time from the pot while things are cooking and simmering because the smell is so good, is that eventually we will dine together. So the table has been spread tonight. And we're going to dine together on what the Father has revealed through His Word. And we thank Him for this time of nourishment and sustenance. In 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version, um, the eighth verse, again on down. And it says, one day Elijah went on to Shunem, where a rich and influential woman lived, who insisted on his eating a meal afterward whenever he passed by. He stopped there for a meal. And she said to her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God who passes by continually. Let us make a small chamber on the housetop and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair and a lamp then whenever he comes to us he can go up the outside stairs and rest here and so we're going to stop there because this is where we are receiving this revelation so in this passage of scripture this is a time a very dark time in the history of israel this was the height of Baal worship It was the height of wickedness it was the height of darkness and it reminds me of the scripture even on today where we continually see this really played out in our lifetime that gross darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness the people and there is a um a a book out called the tale of two cities And in it, the expression is, or the quote is, it is the best of time and the worst of times all at the same time. And so we find in this passage that is happening because as God is moving and as heaven is shifting, there is darkness that has covered the earth as we already have stated of idolatry and wickedness. And right in the middle of darkness and wickedness there is a light and isn't that like us the church right in the middle of darkness right in the middle of confusion God will put us and posture us in places many of you that may be called to the marketplace you're sitting in the midst of darkness light in the midst of darkness it's God's will being done in earth as it is in heaven. You being that earthen vessel, God sits in the midst. Amen. And because you're there and you are a child of God and you are A worshiper, and you are one that spend time in the presence of God right in the midst of your office or in your home or in the community. God enthrones, in God inhabits, God dwells in the midst of His people. And I'm excited about that because this is where the church moves in its best time in the darkness because we are the light and darkness dispels the light. So we see there is this woman who is known as the Shudamite woman. She's known for the territory in which she dwells. She is a Shunammite woman that lives in Shunam. And Shunem, the name means in the Hebrew, resting place, a resting place, a place to rest. And, and we find in our lives today, Throughout this pandemic, and there's all types of pandemic, you can just pick one, um, political pandemic, and we got the disease and the virus, and we have the, the uh, wickedness in the streets, and we have racial pandemic. So during the midst of all of this, there is a woman. Mm. There is a woman who doesn't have a name, but her fame, her reputation goes out. And so we see that she already has influence according to the scripture. She had notoriety. She was known. And we're going to perceive that there was something wonderful about this woman that speaks of her character speaking before any of her works. So the scripture says that she was a woman of influence, of notoriety, and Every now and then, the prophet Elisha, who is now the successor of his predecessor, Elijah, is now the itinerant prophet. He is the one going into the regions. He is the one ministering. He's the one that is now taking over the school of the prophets where the sons of the prophets were living and dwelling and learning about God. And now he's in this place and he's kind of like the new kid on the block where, you know, his ministry had to be tested because people like the old and people like the familiar. But when God is getting ready to shift you and shift the nation and shift the region, we have to release the old wine so we can receive what is new. Thank God for the new. And so he's new, but he is powerful and he has a ministry of demonstration of signs and wonders, creative miracles. And and that's what God has called us as the church to do is to be creatives. You know, we have this word now that the world adopted um their creatives. But guess what? The first creatives was God. And because we are heirs and joint heirs together with him, we are creatives. So I want you to just make that confession that I'm a creative. Come on, that I'm a creative because when he said, let us make man, amen, he was talking about the Elohim of God, which means creator. He is the creator. So that means that all that is in him is in us. Remember, we are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And so we speak as speaking spirits, and we create the world that we want with our words. Mm. So this woman, she perceived based on his visitation, based on his visits, coming to our house and sitting at the table and eating a meal with her and her husband. And it's interesting that when we sit at tables with people, this, they kind of like let their hair down. Their they're real you comes out. It's hard to pretend, you know, when you have a chicken wing in your mouth, <laughs> you know. It's hard to pretend, you know, when you're eating because your vulnerabilities, you you don't you don't eat and carry a weapon at the same time. And so you're kind of vulnerable and you're kind of open and, and you see a person's who they really are. And so she sat with this man of God, long enough to know that he was a man of God. She immediately perceived who he was. She immediately knew in her spirit that there was something inside of him that caused her future to be unlocked to the point where she constrained him. The scripture says she constrained. Now constrained mean is basically you accosting someone, you apprehending someone. Have you ever been arrested? Don't, don't Don't answer that. But if you've been arrested, it means is that I don't have control over what I want to do because I've been apprehended. Paul said it this way. I've been apprehended. It's wonderful to be apprehended by God. Aren't you glad that he apprehended you? Amen. You was running into a wall. Amen. You were causing destruction and causing mayhem and chaos, but God apprehended us. I want you to repeat, he apprehended me at the right time. And so she apprehended this man of God. He wasn't just flesh and bones, but she saw beyond the flesh and saw the spirit, this Shunammite woman. Notice that location means everything. When we read in the scripture, many of us that are students of the word, we look at location because where things are placed is important to the story. And so the scripture says she was a Shudamite woman in Shudam. Shudam means two resting places, but it was also on the outskirts of Issachar. Wow. That says a lot about who she is. Scripture saying that the Issachar tribe, they understood the times and know what Israel ought to do. Isn't that the picture of the church? No matter what time we're in, we have to understand, we have to perceive, we have to discern the times. One of the scriptures in Isaiah 11, 1 and 2, it talks about the counsel of God and the might of God. And then it goes on down the passage where it says that we will not decide by the sight right of our eyes nor we prove by the hearing of our ears which means is that we don't take things as face value we don't listen to rumors but we listen to revelation amen that we we see in the supernatural so while you may be seeing um, a and somebody acting out we see the cause of the action we see the symptoms rather than just the disease. We see the cause. And so we see that she is a woman that understood something. In the times that we're living in, dark times, God wants us to have an understanding. The scripture says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he will direct thy path. But it also says to get an understanding. In other words, an understanding means is that once you understand and read, and receive what the Lord has said. Now you understand how to carry out what it is that you hearing, what it is that you're seeing, what it is that you have received. So she understood that he was a man of God. Let us not miss God because we don't like the package that is in Let us not miss hearing God because we don't like the personality that houses the gift, that houses the word of God. We may miss God looking at a package. How many know the Bible says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be in him and not in us. Aren't you glad it's not dependent upon you, but is it dependent upon him? amen his excellency so she perceived and so she went to her husband here we see character and one of the things i find about the church is that a lot of times we are so enamored more with gifts than we are of character oh she could sing well he prophesies he's so accurate oh he comes into a room and things shift yes but the gifts and the calling comes without repentance god is more enamored with character. Ask Job. He said, has you considered my servant Job? God was bragging on Job because of his character, because he told Satan, he said, you know, he still worship me. He knows me. You know, that's one I can count on. Can God count on you? Not based on your gift, but based on your character. So we see that she asked her small Lord, amen, lower Cat Lord, her husband, Honey, I perceive that this is a man of God. And one thing I love about God that when he's in it, he makes sure everybody is in agreement with it. He makes sure, amen, that your household, amen, is not going to become undisturbed because you're doing the will of God. That even when you're doing it, it's going to add to what you've already been given. God will make sure that your provisions are being met and things that are going on in your life. He'll bring order to it and he will contend with that which contends with you so that you, I, we can do the will of God. And so she says, honey, I perceive that this is a man of God. Now we don't see any dialogue with a husband, but we do see that she acknowledges her husband. She honors the man that she lays in the bed with the man that she wakes up in the morning with and so it's important that even in the church that we find balance because I remember the days when I would going to church as a young girl and the seemed like the the woman in the church they were enamored with the words of the pastor and they ignored their husband but we see here the lessons in so many passages of this verse of how she honored her head And as a reality, she allowed God's head to come into her house. Because when we honor what God honors, then we will begat honor. Do I need to say that again? When we honor what he honors, then God will give us honor. Amen. And so she said, I think I will build him a room. Glory to God. Build a room. It's interesting that when we think about that, We know that these are metaphors as we see it through the eyes of the spirit that she built a room in her home, but not just a room, but a place of habitation. Remember he was visiting, but now he was going to have it. He's going to abide, abode, stay, dwell, and so she builds him a room. Where did she build it? Remember, location, location, location. So she builds it at the top of her home. She builds it right up into the heavens, if you will. So she builds the man at the top of her house. And I was thinking about that. And this is when fresh revelation started pouring because it was so powerful as I saw this Uh, revelation, I saw that when she built it, I thought about the building being heaven or being the realms of God or being the gateway to heaven. And when I looked at it, I saw wings literally in my mind's eye as I was um, preparing for this study. And this is the thing that really captured me in Psalms 91, because I thought about that and I said, this is really powerful um, truth. And it just comes in to agreement with everything that I was looking at. So Psalms 91, very familiar, we know it. Um, verse 1, it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So I thought about her building this house And immediately when she built that house or this room, if you will, for this man of God, that God's shadow began to cover. His shield began to wrap around the house. I want you to think about your own house and and think about the place that you dwell. And as you make room for God, you're building him a house. He is dwelling there and his shadow... Amen. The almighty shadow of God is covering you. Another way you can see it is in 91 and 4 when it says, He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shall I trust. That word trust means shall I depend on, rest in, lean into and become shelter for me. And the Lord is our shelter we know that he is our refuge our stronghold our fortress so think about that because many times we need a picture to see what really is going on in that invisible realm so the scripture gives us the picture that she immediately moves into action she had a zeal but it was according to knowledge One of the things we find that people have zeals, they're zealous about doing things, but not according to knowledge. What knowledge did she have as she operated in this zeal? Well, she had knowledge that he truly was a man of God. And based on that, she began to build. So she had knowledge that he was a man of God, which means that he came from God and he had the word of God. In the presence, and the power, and the glory of God. So as she was continually beginning to build this man of God a house, she literally invited heaven into her home. Do I need to say that again? Inviting heaven into your home. I love that because when we think about it as intercessors, when we pray, we are literally praying heaven into the earth it's a part of intercession when we say father let thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven and we know that earth is these earthen vessels we know that god operates through our bodies we know that we are the temple of the living god we are the glory carriers of god we are the power the presence and the glory of god so where we go he goes isn't that a wonderful thing that we don't leave him in the room amen but we see now that because of what happened in the new testament that although she was building a room now we become the room father we need to thank god amen that now we are the place where his habitation is we are the room amen and so we see that she begins to build a room she insisted that this man stay she didn't want him just to pass by She wanted him to dwell. So I'm reminding of the scripture in John 14 and 23 that says there are conditions of his abode. Ah, there's conditions because sometimes we know people like drive bys. You know, I just need you to drive by my house and, you know, um, give me what I need. I just need you. You know, we have the drive-by windows, and it's easy when you're going into the fast food places that you just drive by. You don't have to get out your car. You just drive by. You open your window. You give them the food. You give them the money, and everybody is happy. And we find that many times in Christendom that sometimes the saints just want to drive by. They want a part-time lover. They want somebody to scratch where they itch you know, Lord, I had a bad, you know, week, you know, I ain't been in my word all week and everything. So I'm coming to church and I need you, Lord, to to fix it. I need you, Lord, to do it. And, you know, what I love about God and when I have my relationship with the Lord and I begin to cultivate it, you know, he talks to you like a person because that's what he is. And many times we don't understand the part of God that is grieved when we ignore him. The part of God that is sad when we don't recognize him. The scripture says that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. The whole you know the Holy Spirit is very sensitive. You know, it's a person, it's sensitive. Just like many times we're sensitive. If I come into this space and I've been here all day and I have cooked for my husband and I have done all the things necessary to meet his needs, and he never says thank you. He never acknowledges me. And I don't feel like I'm being treated well. It, it grieves me. It, it hurts me. So imagine God, all that He has done for us. He's given us water to drink, literal water. Then His word and His and food. He He spreads out a feast for us, and we don't acknowledge Him. We don't even say good morning, Lord. But we rush to what we feel is important to us, and we we miss out on that time spent with him. And so some people like drive-bys and part-time lovers, but oh, beloved in this translation, I love Jesus is speaking again and he says, there are conditions of this abiding. There's conditions with this dwelling. There's conditions with this habitation. So Jesus replies in John 14 and 23, if, anyone loves me it always started with love and it ends with love if anyone loves me he will keep my word not might not maybe but he will because love is an action word so if anyone loves me conditional maybe you do Maybe you don't. You have to examine yourself. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with them. Think about that. Make our home with them you know it's interesting because when someone says your house is my house it speaks of the importance first of all of you coming to dwell with them and also the care they took to prepare for your dwelling place when i went on vacation and I went to see my daughter in love and my son and my grandbaby, they had a room for me. Not only that, she remembered some of the conversations that I had when we were just casually talking and she said, mom, I know you like this, so I bought this and I I bought that. Or she would call me ahead of time in preparation to say, what do you like? What do you like? What does God love, those that keep his word, that he will come and make his home with us? Wow. Let's pause and think about that. He will come. You know, it reminds me of the movie I'm sure that many of us seen, where the quotation is if you build it they will come but i want to just reinforce that quote in another way if you build it he will come somebody say come lord jesus come father come and dwell with me what you may not understand that when that is spoken It is the name Elohim. It is the same language in the Hebrew in Genesis where it says, let us make man. When God thought about us, he wanted to make man. Why? For the same reason in John 14 and 23, that I will make my enduring home with them. There was always God's desire to have relationship, fellowship, commune, to sup and dine with us. When I think about it, I get emotional that this God of the universe, this God that created the heavens and the earth, formed man, created the animals, created the sea, and all the wonderful. Creation that we have the pleasure to enjoy. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein, that God wants to live with me, wants to abide with me, lover to lover, friend to friend, companion to companion. And so she builds a home, she puts a stairway on the side and it's interesting that again details make the difference so she builds a stairway and the stairway we know we've seen the passage of scripture in Genesis where Jacob sees the ladder in the dream and in the dream in the vision he sees the ladder resting on earth with his tops reaching up to heaven, and God's angels were going up and down the ladder. And we know, based on that, it's a typology of Jesus coming into the earth, making himself of no reputation, becoming the form of a man, putting on servant garments, a man to identify with humanity so that he can die for what he can identify with. We see him as the high priest that have been touched with the feeling of our infirmities. We see that. We see in John, the same um, verse, that um, 1 in 51, he picks it up when Jesus says, then he declares, truly, I tell you that I see the heavens open and the Son of God ascending and descending. We see all these things that are types And we see how now, because Jesus went into heaven, that we now can do the same. That we have that privilege, access to the throne of grace, access to the heavenly realms, which means that man has access to heaven and we can live in the day today with access to heaven access to the counsel of God, access to strategies, access, hallelujah, to do what God has called us to do, access to the resources of heaven, all different kind of things. And we see as she builds this house, we're going to find in the days of it that she will have access to something that she thought was lost. So now Access to those things to execute the plan and the purposes of God. Can you say divine setup? Can you say resurrection of a dream? And then we see that she now places a bed in there. Bed for intimacy that creates an atmosphere for life that's birthing out something new. Your intimacy will determine your influence without. Your intimacy within will determine your influence without the bed, a place where secrets are revealed. Total transparency. You transcend time and space and you step into a realm with him. Some say it's the third heaven. One precedes the other. When I remember, it says in the scripture, that upon my bed, I meditate on the Lord in the night watches. Meditation brings about revelation that leads you to a location. There's always a revelation in your location. Location, location, location. Then there was a table. The table where the secrets are written and recorded after you move from the place of intimacy, you begin to record and you begin to rehearse and you begin to speak those things that God has shown you. We've seen the table in many instances. Peter denies Jesus while warming himself at a fire in John 16 and 18, only to be restored at another fire while Jesus prepares a meal in John 21 and 12. He restores Peter and then commissions him. And it reminds me of the scripture in Psalms 23. He restores my soul. He leads me in a path of righteousness. Psalms 23 and 3. Restore means he returns my soul. He recovers my soul. He retrieves my soul. He refreshes my soul. Remember, the soul is the seat of the emotions, the place where decisions and your will resides. Have your soul been traumatized and needs to be returned, retrieved? recovered restored refreshed what peter can testify that he restoreth my soul jesus corrects the disciples then and commissions them at the table in mark 16 14 and 8 can you stand correction when the lord whom you love chases and scourges every son whom he received in hebrews 12 and 16 whom the lord loveth he chasteneth scourging It actually means to flog until blood is drawn, which means when we are his and he disciplines us, the evidence that we are his sons is that he sees the blood. Mm. Does he see the blood when he chastises you? That blood that purchased your salvation, that blood, amen, that purchased his bride. Remember that we are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh, Ephesians 5 and 30. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. We move from the table to the chair, the chair, a birthing place. The chair, it speaks of it in Exodus 1 and 16 when Pua and Shira, it says here, and he said, when you do the office of the midwife to the Hebrew women and see them, See those male children, they were commanded to kill them immediately, but keep the daughters alive. We see the enemy was always after the seed and that place, that seat, that throne can speak of the throne room of God, speak of prayer and intimacy with the Lord, speak of now bringing forth what God has spoken to you through prayer and intercession, through travail, hallelujah, pure the name Pua, one of the midwives, means to push. Uh, God is calling the church to push. Remember in Isaiah 37, they started pushing, but there was no strength to bring forth. Why? Because they were in rebellion. One thing that will keep us, amen, from allowing that baby to crown is our rebellion. when it's When it's time not spent in the presence of God, not spent in his word, not spent obeying his word, where it says that, my father and I will come and find his dwelling place. I thought about that word push because there was another word that during my times of prayer, the Lord gave me, I remember I was on vacation and I was praying because I also had an assignment while I was down there. And my revelation for push is push until it shows the head. Hallelujah. Shows the crown. Hallelujah. And I thought about, you know, the head where, jesus even said he said the foxes have holes right and the others have dens but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head can he lay his head can his government can his order be upon your head can he be the head over your head can he rule can he reign hallelujah so we need to push until we see that head. Yes, he is king in our lives. But one day the brown bride shall crown him. Hallelujah. King of king and Lord of lords. In Genesis 3 and 15, he said, I will put enmity between her seed and your seed. And her seed shall bruise your head, but your seed shall bruise our heel. And I thought about that. The bruise that he spoke about from the enemy, it means that, her, your seed shall bruise her heel. And I thought about, isn't it like the devil to trip you up and to cause you to stumble and fall? However, the word of the Lord will keep our feet from stumbling. And the scripture says that he will make our feet like hinds feet and make us leap or walk upon the high places. That means that he will give us the skill, amen, to be able to leap on high places. And sometimes those high places, they have sharp edges. And, and one thing about the animal, which speaks of, making my feet like hind feet are the doe or the gazelles. And they are graceful creatures that have hind feet and strong legs. And when they leap, they're able to grasp away from the sharp edges and wrap their hooves around it so they can sustain themselves in the high place. Isn't that like God calling us to the high places where we are seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, where he has called us in position to legislate and to enact laws. Hallelujah. This is all in intercession, all in the birthing place. Amen. Where Isaiah says, I need you to remind me of the God, the promises yet to be fulfilled. And in Isaiah 42, it says, come and bring your case and plead the case before me that I might say, not guilty, paraphrase version. We see that God has called us into that place into that place the bed the table the stool positions places as we proceed on we see that God has called us and one of the things that the Lord showed me and I'm going to in here the warrior bride is which he's calling us to the warrior bride when we look at genesis and we see that God created eve a lot of times we only see her as a domestic partner, if you will, wife that will take care of the home and take care of the children and, and teach the children and do those things that his wife do, make sure the husband's needs are satisfied. And we see uh, Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 31, uh, an excellent allegory of the bride of Christ. But one of the things that we need to see today is now you are The bride. Now we are the bride. And that word in Genesis, where it says that he has called Adam and called Eve from Adam, the side. And it's a picture of the bride of Christ, in which we are called literally second in command because we are the ones that execute the will of God. We are the ones that go out and do what God has called us to do. And one of the words. For the assistant to the commander, which is given to Eve and given to the bride, is Ezer, E-Z-E-R. We must get a vision that we are the warrior brides. We must have an understanding about the warrior role as the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ is not a pretty little thing or painted with cosmetics. The word of God says that the bride of Christ is the Ezer, E-Z-E-R, and is used the first time in Genesis when God said, Adam, he looks lonely. He needs a help me. So he uses the word Ezer. And Ezer is a military word, which means the assistant to the commander. You must have a vision of Christ coming with flames of fire. You, the bride, you must understand that your position in the earth is to do damage to the kingdom of darkness you must understand that you have the power in your mouth and your mouth becomes a hammer that breaks the rocks in pieces you must understand that when he said I put enmity between her seed and your seed and her seed will bruise your head that word bruise means to strike with a fatal blow we are called to do damage to the kingdom of darkness. We are called to be a partner with God to destroy the works of the devil. He uses our mouth. We must learn to live in a prophetic zone. And finally, we must perform in the supernatural there. There are no shortcuts to this. We are the children of God called into this prophetic time. We must perform in the matter of, of the power of his spirit in us. We must rise up as the warrior bride. We must be able to do what Jesus said that we would do. He said, in Jeremiah, you, you are my battle axe and my weapons of war for you. And with you, I will break the nations in pieces. And we see that through this time, God is calling us into intercession, amen, and into prayer and into decrees and declarations to speak the word of God. And when we do it with the power of God, with his power and authority, our words become like an ax. He said, I will destroy the kingdoms with you. I will break in pieces the horse and the rider, speaking of warfare, amen. Then and we know That we've already won because we fight from a place of victory. We don't fight for victory because the victory has already been won. He said, I will break in pieces the chariots. And he said, and I will break men and women and i will break in pieces shepherds and i will break in pieces jocks, excuse me um oxen and i will break in pieces governors and rulers and i will break in pieces and so god is calling the warrior bride to shift into warfare but finding out the place of intimacy the place of receiving first receiving the strategies receiving the blueprint receiving all the warfare tactics because in this season we can't use the old battle plans of the past because even as technology has advanced so has the enemy so has the the devil and what he is doing so we must be sharper we noticed that this woman had a sharp edge a cutting edge she was doing something that hasn't been done It was placed in the scripture so that we can remember that God is calling us to move with this impenetrable captain, unshakable, unmovable, unbreakable God, Jehovah Elohim. He has called us with our mouths to build. He has called us with our mouths, amen, to create. He has called us with our mouths, amen, to dismantle and dissolve. And this is the season when this woman of God, I'm going to end here, build that house for the man of God. It opened up a realm in the region to bring down Satan and his plans. Reminds me of the scripture. It says, I see Satan fall as lightning. He's already defeated. But when she built that house, she opened up a realm in her community, in her region to combat, to come against, to contend with the worship of Baal, contend with the wickedness in the land, the false prophets. Remember that his um, predecessor, Had was able to bring down those false prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And so we see that during this time, we ought to create new laws. We ought to legislate. We ought to sit in that heavenly place with the high priests of our confession and begin to establish and begin to pull down and begin to enforce and begin to dispossess and begin to retract and repeal and reverse and disapprove and prohibit and resist and withstand and bind and release and then enforce the laws of God, cause an effect to come and place over the word of God and speak those things and establish some things. This is the word of the Lord. As we In here, let us remember that we are the warrior bride. And before we do battle, we have to find a place of intimacy where we receive instruction, correction, and righteousness. Where we walk with him into battle as the captain of the Lord of hosts that has gone before us. We honor the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the full message from the School of the Holy Spirit. Find us on the Clubhouse audio app. For more information, visit us at schooloftheholyspirit.club. schooloftheholyspirit.club